Hello and welcome to QBD Book Club, the podcast. I'm Victoria Carthew. Lovely to have you joining me today. And I think everybody would know that most times authors are, are told when they write their first book, write what you know. And I think today's guest in many ways put her life on a page. She did, of course, add some murder and mystery and a whole lot of danger to the places she's lived and known so well. I'm just presuming, of course, that she's not been living a murderous life. Patricia Wolf joins me all the way from Germany because we're talking about something quite Aussie, which is Outback. Hello, it's great to have you join us. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You are such an experienced writer. You've had this wonderful journalistic career, but your first novel is out on the shelf. The second one isn't far away. But there is such a fantastic story of how this came to be. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, it was. A, I, so as you say, I've been a journalist for a long time. I lived in London for 20 years and then I lived in Lisbon. Now I'm in Berlin. But I grew up in Mount Isa in far northwest Queensland. Um, and that, the outback really is my, I don't know, my home is probably stretching it. But I feel really, really comfortable at home there and I love it and I miss it. And in 2019, um, I came back to Australia for four or five months um, and I decided I was going to do a road trip back out to the places that I knew and loved. And as I was driving on those crazy, long, empty roads, the empty dodging road trains. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dodging road trains, but big sky. And it just, it just came to me, this story, the people I was staying in all the um, local pubs in the little towns because I love those big outback pubs, the hotels, and I was staying there listening people talk and chatting with them and as I was driving and as I was coming home I guess because I hadn't yeah. done a trip like that for seven or eight years it, the story just came to me and that's how that's how yeah outback came to be and you didn't is is that the sort of thing though after all these years of writing that you thought one day there's a novel in me was it always kind of an ambition it was definitely always an ambition yeah. um I don't think I don't think I had a sort of set like I'm gonna do it now at all when I came I was coming actually for a break and taking a you know a break from journalism before I'm moving to Berlin and but yes I always wanted you know when I was a kid um I had a Saturday job in a library everyone else was doing like cool things in boutiques or wherever and I was because I read so much they're like oh girl do you want a job <laughs> So I've always loved books and it's always been like a dream. Imagine having a book of your own in a library or in a bookstore. So yeah, it's always been a dream. It's kind of like that thing, isn't it? When you're a muse, the first time you hear yourself on a radio, on the radio, but this is, oh. you didn't just, you didn't start like this. You started as an ebook and then had this amazing success. That's right. Um, so my publishers in the UK, they have a digital first policy. So they start as ebooks and I was I needed a bit of convincing, if I'm honest, because I I'm really an old school, I love a book in my hand kind of person. But actually, it's a really good medium. It's a really good, I mean, it gives you global reach, but also you really connect with readers. You know, funnily enough, when readers are reading uh, digitally, they seem to write to you more or message you more on socials or whatever. And I really, I have actually really enjoyed the the kind of closeness it brings to readers, which is a little bit different, I think, to a physical book. But having said that, I'm so buzzed that it's going to be in bookshops in Australia. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, that, there's so many things that we that are awful about COVID, but I think for authors in particular, that connection is very real, whether you start as an e-book or you're an established author. The connection now, because of mediums like this and because of socials, authors are really connected to their readers now. I mean, I'm sure sometimes it's not always good, but it is a really <laughs> great way to be connected to your audience. It really is. Actually, it has been really, really good. I haven't had any unpleasant experiences and people have written to me and said things like, oh, my God, is that the pub in Charleville? You know, is the federal in the outback? Because it sounds like it. I've been there and it was modelled around that where I yep. stayed. And 
and other, you know, people commenting on their trips through Australia. It's really super nice. It, it, it's different than just, oh, I think the book was good, which is also great to hear, but it's so nice to get that kind of proper interaction. How um, very cosmopolitan of you, an Aussie living in Berlin uh, has a book written about the outback that London publisher decided to put out there. Like it's quite a, it's kind of a roundabout way, isn't it? Because you think of some of the great um, Aussie outback noir that's been written in the last few years by the likes of Chris Hammer or Jane Harper, et cetera. And it's very much started here and there's been a trend. And so you were probably like bang on the money in the right place at the right time, weren't you? I, I mean, I really was. I owe a huge debt to Jane and people like Jane Harper and Chris Hammer because when I, I mean, the reason it was published in English is because I lived a long time in London. I was working as a journalist in London. So I had contacts there and that's why I sent it to an agent in London rather than in, say, Melbourne or something. Yeah. Um, but they, they bought it, I think, because there's this hunger for Aussie noir at the moment, really, outback noir there. So I was lucky, yeah. <laughs> I am a huge lover of the of the outback. I've travelled a lot for work. I do work on a travel show in one of my other part time lives, and it's my favourite thing in the world heading to the outback. Oh, but you don't realise till you go uh, how it's beautiful, but how damn hard it is, and how hard life can yes. be. And the yeah. people are extraordinary and so different to we coastal dwellers. It really is a different life, isn't it? It is. It really is. And. I mean, the people are extraordinary. And I feel like a, that sometimes Outback Noir does them a little bit of an injustice because yes. actually they're amazingly friendly and super helpful and kind. So, you know, don't let Outback Noir put anyone off going out there. But they're resilient, aren't they? And they're so um, family-oriented. I think Walker, who, the main character in Outback, he comes from all those kind of people. You know, he's a bush person. He loves the Outback. He's got this genuine heart. He's uh, honest. All of those really positive things that I find when I when I travel out there and people I know meet, yeah. So I have to say, and seeing as we've mentioned his name, D.S. Walker is, of course, your, your, your main character in this book. And uh, so that is it, like the family, the family is a really strong theme for me uh, throughout this book. Um, the family he has there and then, of course, our character who travels from Germany to be a part of it. Family is what it's about for her. And it's a really beautiful thread to run through something that is a pretty um, hairy ride at times, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, the I think the strength of people's connections and family connections really comes to you when you're out back. You know, people have to rely on each other and they're there for each other, even and family in a very extended way. You know, which I think is especially with Walker is also the case. So, yes, and it makes it's it softens some of the the not so nice bit, right? To have that love around you. <laughs> So we should tell people what happens uh, in Outback. We, we kick off with a couple of, it's actually, it's very Australian because we've heard about these stories over time, but a couple yes. of missing backpackers. So I'll let you talk us through how we get underway. Right. So there's two Aussie backpackers, Rita and Bell, and they're traveling out bush in this tiny little unsuitable car <laughs> that breaks down. Um, German backpackers. And Germans. Germans. German <laughs> <laughs> they're German because I live I mean obviously I'm in Berlin and I have and actually when I was driving when I was doing my road trip and I was riding out back I often saw the country through my my European friends eyes you know for the first one of the yeah. first times really I looked at it through my eyes knowing it but through theirs as well and like wow what would they think of this and I guess that's how I returned down when they're in their little car driving along going oh my god where are we you know they're on their way to a job but they don't make it so their car breaks down and it is that real thing of you, we, we hear, and you, as you, because you've lived there, you, you always talk about people being unprepared. They don't ever really realise how hot it's going to be, how, how far they have to go, how few people they're going to see. And that kind of sense of isolation, you really capture it well. Oh, good. Great. Yeah, I think that in 
I mean, when the outback, it's a character in this book, isn't it? In a way, the countryside, the landscape, the, that's what I felt. It was so, because I was in it when I was writing it, it was speaking to me so loudly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the heat, it, the heat is also a character the because <laughs> the oh, felt it. the dry, no, they're not being, have, yeah. 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 I like the heat myself, but it's, it's debilitating. You know, it's, it's something you get until you're in it, you don't realize exactly how. It's not just a hot, a warm day, you know. <laughs> yeah, really absolutely. <laughs> Especially when you're, you're somewhere you shouldn't be. Walker is, yeah. of course, uh, he's a he's a Sydney cop, but he's at home in Kaludi uh, visiting mm -hmm. his grandma who pretty much raised him. And so he's on leave when he's called into action, isn't he? That's right. So he's on leave. His grandma's not well. He's got some, he's really sad about that, but he's happy to be there. And then he's asked to look into this missing case, um, backpacker case. And he's a little bit like, confused about that why that would be because that's not really his typical kind of work he'd been working undercover more on the sort of organized crime side so he immediately thinks ah there's more to this than meets the eyes and then he's joined because the, the the germans are missing and just so happens because you're in berlin just so happens there's a policewoman <laughs> from berlin the sister of one of the missing backpackers who heads out they are unlikely partners he and barbara aren't they they are. So Barbara, as you say, she's a sergeant here in Berlin and she's a lot more, I would say, gets organized by the rules, does things, but also she's quite forceful. She's, she doesn't, he's, he's a bit shocked, I think, at the beginning about how much she, she's demanding her involvement and how she's kind of judging what he's done so far. But they're, yeah, they're, they're two different, they're a little bit chalk and cheese, but they work well together, I think. It was really interesting the way you used uh, Barbara to describe the outback and to describe the environment because and obviously you've got such an insight because you're living in Berlin where she's from but to see it through her eyes the harshness of it it was a, a great way to be able to give that kind of point of difference yeah absolutely and I did I often thought that because I think I know the outback of Queensland quite well so from having been away for a little while helps because you see it a bit more clearly when you haven't been there all the time but also as I said having friends who've never been there and try I was imagining all the time if I was if they were sitting beside me how would they be seeing this you know you give us different um different well I guess the timeline is the time that the couple are missing so we get that we know mm. kind of day by day and it does keep you on your toes doesn't it because you know the countdown the clock is on but you also yeah. um pop us inside different people's heads so it's more than one character you're getting different perspectives along the way yeah I mean, uh, I don't, I think it's, you do get different perspectives and it's kind of a way to, to show the country through different eyes, but also it keeps the, it keeps the suspense going a little bit if you're not, because it gives, it gives the readers a little bit one step ahead at some point from Walker and Barbara, I think, because they know a little bit more. So. And we come across all types of Aussies, you know, be it when you're then seeing someone at the home or in the pub, I found myself reading with different twangs in my head, you know, like putting accents <laughs> on. Do you do that? Uh, I try, yeah. Some of them definitely have stronger, stronger accents, don't they? And it's hard to write because I think it's really, the Aussie accent is really clear and in my, in my head, even though I think perhaps, you know, I've been away a while, but I still hear it really clearly, but you don't want to overdo it on the page. Sometimes you want it to feel natural. So it's great that you're reading it in your head in a different accent. Well, I found myself imagining what this woman looked like and how she was it saying has, it. And had it changed? You said it had been quite a few years since you'd been home and since you headed out back. Had it changed much when you went? Did you pick up different nuances? I mean, 
Yes and no. I think these small towns are, are pretty much the same, you know, there's at their heart. But I think when I was there, there'd been this massive drought. A lot of people, it had hollowed out a bit. I think that's what I would say. But I have a feeling, I'm actually going back in two weeks, I'll be back in Brisbane and then I'm taking another road trip here for, to do some research for book three. Um, but I think I have a feeling that's switched again now that there's a there's a there's younger people going to places like Quilby and stuff. But when I was there four years ago, I really felt that compared to when I was growing up, a lot a lot of the towns were smaller and had fewer maybe local businesses and you know places like Mount Isa where I grew up is fly in fly out now and it wasn't so much when I was a kid. So yeah, it has changed, but not bad. I mean, the the heart of it is the same. It's that time of year. Our catalogue is out now for the mums and the other great women in your life. A book absolutely is the gift that keeps on giving. It gives that woman in your life, your mum, your grandma, your carer, time out. I reckon they've earned it. So take a look at the QBD Mother's Day catalogue out now. It's interesting, though, when you talk about something like the ISO, because it is, it almost is a very different type of outback town because of yes. what it's built around with the mining, et cetera, as opposed to somewhere like Longreach or some of the smaller towns. It has Charlotte. a different kind of essence. And I guess that growing up in the ISO would have influenced the way you see and write the outback as well. It definitely, I mean, is a, it's more of a, like a city in a way. It's not a city, is yeah. it? But it's much bigger than these outback towns and, I guess maybe the kinds of people you meet, you see that's very male heavy as well because of the mining yeah. and the beef and everything. I wonder, did it, it's a long time since I lived there. Like I went, after I went to university, I didn't go back to live in Mount Isa. My parents were there, but I didn't. So perhaps it did. Yeah. I guess just having lived in all of these places and places like Concurry and Winton and I love all these towns. They really, I love it. When I was in Winton, I just felt like, oh, my home. <laughs> yeah, Winton does. Winton is absolutely like that. Is there are a lot of references to smaller towns, so there are some ones that are for real in your book, like Eyes or like yeah. Longreach. But all the smaller ones, they were polite takes on other towns. Yeah, that's. I mean, there were amalgamations of other towns, and I didn't want to base it on a particular place in case people thought I was writing about this person or that pub or what. It was really an amalgamation of all the little places I stayed in because I, I travelled like. I don't know, Dolby, Roma, Charleville, then up through Buckhalden and Longreach and Winton and all the, and then all the way across from Mount Isa to Charters Tower. So it was really bits and pieces of all of it. And so I thought it was fairer not to make up the name of the town really yet. Yeah, absolutely. My favourite thing when you're in those towns, I love a drapery. I love going and seeing because they sell everything, you know, like you can get the fanciest, the fanciest lingerie or a pair of leather gloves or a cowboy hat, like they have everything. Exactly. That's but right. the other thing you that's... described so well is all of the pubs because they are quite unique from town to town, aren't they? They are. And I love, I love an Outback pub. I always stay in them and they have those big verandas and the lovely rooms. And you're always, I'm pretty much usually the only woman, single woman anyway, who's staying in there with all the tradies and stuff. It's just fantastic. And when you go down and have dinner, everyone talks to you. I love it. It's great. Um, so in terms of beautiful. research, yeah, absolutely. And in terms of research, Search, obviously, you have to go and visit all these places. Where did you discover the best palmy? Uh, well, actually, the, this is sorry, Outback. The best palmy I had was down in the on the Gold Coast. <laughs> I, I, oh, two I know two coppers took me there. Said this is the best palmy in Queensland. It was pretty good. And I'm gonna I can't remember the name of the pub they took me to, but it was pretty good. <laughs> Gee, that's harsh, isn't it? You know, it was interesting when that's you harsh, we were, yeah. 
we were seeing the towns, the outback towns through your German policewoman's eyes. So just the little things we take for granted, how odd they were to her, be it high vis or a sausage roll, you picked some yeah. quite Australian things, didn't you? Yeah, the well, I think maybe they stood out to me a little bit again because I hadn't been there for a little bit. Like the bacon and egg sandwiches are so good in these bakeries. I love the bakeries outback as well because they're the place for breakfast or the coffee and yeah, the sausage roll. What else did you, he was all uh, Walker's always eating cherry ripes. <laughs> That's he another thing he don't get. He likes he does like his food, doesn't he? Hundred <laughs> percent. Now I love I I really loved him. Um. And I have to say, this might sound a bit odd, but quite often, because I have to obviously, you know, look at quite a lot of books uh, mm -hmm. each week, I try to not read the back. I try not to read about the author. I try to just take it as it is. And I, when yeah. I was reading this, I felt like this must be book two or three or four in a series. Oh. And because it felt so, he felt so established and so at peace. And I kept waiting for, where's the backstory to fill me in on more about him? And it wasn't until I got to the end and then read up and went, oh, it's the first one. So I feel like I just want to say congratulations because oh, it's- thank you. When you're establishing a character, he already felt so established. So did you, you knew him well? I, do you know, he's the one that he, I was driving along and I felt like he was sitting in the passenger seat beside me, just telling me his story. I, I swear it was one of those lovely things you get sometimes when you're writing where they just talk to you. They, it's, you, I'm just, was writing down what he was telling me and I knew everything about him. Yeah. His swimming, his grandma, the way he grew up. It was, there's sometimes some little magic when you're writing and that's when it's so much fun when you're really in the flow and he literally, I cannot, it really honestly felt like he was just telling me a story. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. that is, he was, that's very cool. I, I also yeah. feel like he's a, he's a bit, bit handsome. Like I would like to meet Des Walker. But... <laughs> I've got a bit of a crush on him. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Are you allowed to totally. do that when you're a writer? I have a crush on a character. <laughs> no, I think that's perfectly acceptable. Now we're talking about all the smiley stuff. You know, we're talking about the fun stuff, but there's a dark side to this because two people have gone mm -hmm. missing and there's a few other stories, of course, that emerge. And the other thing that we talk a little bit about, because it is really unavoidable to talk about Outback and the and the, the meth highway, the ice highway that yeah, people talk yeah. about. And and you would have seen that when you were away as well, the infiltration of, you know, the pub's demise because of, of drugs. That's right. Well, actually, that is true. That's something that was really quite sort of, shocking I guess to me because when I as, as a youngster that just wasn't around and you could really see the difference in the kinds of yeah behaviors and and the drug addiction that was going on and it's really it's terrible it's sad isn't it it's horrible and it does meth is a yeah it's a behavior changer I think as you know really when people are addicted especially ice and crystal and stuff it, so that that's kind of the dark side of what's going on and the the inability really at a local level to police that I think because there's only one sometimes one guy in this town you know managing hundreds of kilometers and so that was something that was from a more policing and more crime side of things that was really interesting to me well in a you know as a journalist too had that how this has infiltrated communities and affected young people's prospects and yeah and did you find one. there was a willingness to talk about that? Obviously, as a journalist, you're going to be putting your nose right in there. Did you find there was a willingness to talk about it when you were writing the book? Not so much. I mean, people, yeah, people were like, oh, you know, it was it was hard. I didn't find anyone who was a heavy user that spoke to me. I didn't, you know, it wasn't someone that like that. It was more police, really, that talked to me about the problem and um, medics as well, you know, who'd been exposed to it. But people in bush towns were not so... I guess it's not something a lot of people are trying not to deal with, I guess, maybe, you know, trying to yeah. avoid. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, depending on whereabouts you go, some towns have been really changed by it. It's really changed yeah. 
the, the culture of the town in a lot of ways and and uh and they're all trying to kind of just shield themselves from it as well yeah exactly and it's not the kind of thing you want to talk about maybe with a tourist or a visitor you know it's people want to try and give you a more positive impression of their town often I think so yeah and it is yeah, they absolutely. are you know they are beautiful positive towns I don't want to I'm not trying to dis, no. dis any of them but these problems they do exist and not just in the bush and not just in Australia but yeah and so it's it's funny isn't it because that combined with a couple of missing backpackers as we say we're not being a tourism ad in this book but um, <laughs> no. I can see why when you when you get when you explain to us those vast distances and the isolation you can see why those things thrive but also how easy it actually would be to just kind of vanish to vanish you know that's the that was another thing I was walking in one of the towns and on, on one of the op shops there was a missing persons poster I actually described it in the book I think this grid yes. of like about 16 people yes. and some of them literally missing since the 70s and 80s never seen again and it just took my breath away the thought that they've just vanished you know, I mean, perhaps they've chosen to vanish, perhaps something worse has happened, but these people, imagine how terrible that is for families and, and yeah. the potential of it in the outback. You can go there and lose yourself. You know, no one's going to ask you that many questions if you turn up in a town and you get a job and you can say what you like about your past. It's not the kind of place where people are going to dig deep and, you know, ask if they let you be yourself, but then that enables people to vanish and there's no... I think there's something something shocking, like 2,000 people a year that disappear in Australia and long-term disappear. That's a lot of people, yeah. It is, and I um, I must say, I, um, you you know, you see that wall in the pub is, is the way you describe it yeah. in the book, and I did have yeah. that sense when I read that. I thought, I bet you've seen that somewhere. And it does yeah. make you realise that, yeah, some people might choose to disappear, but you can also see why it's so hard to investigate. Because Absolutely. if someone just, you know, and why people think it's got too hard for them and they've just nicked off. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, you know, some of these small towns, you've got one guy and literally hundreds of kilometres. And then the, there's got to be some kind of connection. There's got to be some kind of little lead that gives you, because even I think in this book, Barbara and, and Lucas, they're, they're scratching. They, ha they haven't got much, you know, they're like, yeah. what, how can they have just disappeared? So, yeah tricky yeah absolutely i really wanted to meet luke luke's walker's grandmother she just had a lovely yeah. kind of spirit about her and i actually at times i almost felt like is there an indigenous history to her like she had that really lovely spirit of someone from from who knows her country yeah um i it's difficult isn't it as a white writer i didn't want really want yes. to write an indigenous character because i'm i'm not indigenous australian but i know so many people who of all sort of degrees of like strongly indigenous or have the, the history and connection to her. so I, I won't say yes she's indigenous but she definitely knows her country she grew up there she's lived there all her life her people have lived there all her life so yeah it's hard isn't it I mean in a way the shame is that I didn't write any strongly indigenous characters because I didn't feel I could I didn't feel it was as a white writer that I knew how to properly do it so maybe I need to I need to think about it or talk with some people about how well, to do that. Well guess what there's plenty of time because it's just the yeah. first Walker novel and we <laughs> know that right. Outback is number one but because you like knew what you were doing your second one is out later in the year which is set on the Gold Coast which is very right. exciting so That's you actually right. can you can go anywhere you want do whatever you want you know that <laughs> I can isn't it I just need to pick those bits of Australia that I really need to go and spend some time in um the third one which I'm about to start now is actually going to be back in the outback. So, but yeah, the second one is set in surfers. It's called. And did Paradise. you know? So, when you said you he was like sitting in the car beside you, driving along, you obviously knew there was a series in this. There was not just the one, just the one book. 
by the definitely by the time I got to the end, I felt like I had wasn't at the end. You know that there were more stories that that we could, that he wanted to talk about. So yes, I did. I, I initially I didn't start thinking it would be a series, but as I was going, and there's another there's another character in there actually one of the villains, Stefan Markovic, and he started out as a very sort of small minor character, and he had plenty to say as well. He kept coming up again, and he's actually is it giving it away if I say he's going to be in book two? So. I think you can say that. I don't think that's spoiling anything at all. And in fact, when you, when you're reading out back, you kind of and you can. I feel like you can see that things might go somewhere that it's not surprising that the that fella, because uh, you know that's the other bit. I guess you saw he was a very different type of outback character because uh, he yeah. wasn't an outbacker, uh, so he'll probably right. be more at home on the Gold Coast. And that's the thing too. The not everyone on the outbacks the same anymore. It's changed quite a lot, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's there's plenty of people who come for a while and don't stay forever, you know, or who come and get it and then don't like it and want to go back to the coast or wherever it is. So, yeah, yeah there's definitely plenty of different people. Yeah, Excellent. Well, you kept us uh, on the edge. It was one of those things. Not only did I play the twangs out in my head, but I also, like, the, the when the violence happens and when you, you describe it so well that it's you do feel like you're kind of in it. So um, <laughs> it's, a, it's an exciting book to race to the end. When I had that kind of last... <laughs> third to go I was like shh leave me alone you know because <laughs> I wanted to see what would happen um so oh, it's that's a wonderful so nice. story a wonderful story thank of an ebook that became a published book and there's already a second one on the way and then a third thank one it's very exciting thank you you're just saying then about the last third one of my friends she called me up and she said her husband was reading the last third and something happened he went <laughs> Down or something. I won't say what. And that is such a it's so exciting when someone's so involved that they're like, you know, literally saying, guess what just happened? Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of that going on in my house as well, I have to tell you. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. I'm so glad. Oh, you you're welcome. It. Congratulations. Enjoy the ride. Thank Enjoy you. your trip back to Australia when you come and yes, do I'm the next forward. little bit of research. I hope you find a good palmy in the outback. I, hope I will have to do some more research. Try the Ilfra Cone Pub, try. You know, I can give recommend a few to you. Yeah, do. <laughs> Congratulations, Patricia. Thank, Thank you so you much so for chatting much. with us. Thank you for your time. Thanks for your company on QBD Book Club, the podcast. Back soon with more author insights.